Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I'm going to give you some points and they're going to be slides. And I want you to take note of this. I'm going to give you just a couple of scriptures. But really I'm going to instruct you here this evening with God's grace and anointing. I I feel his presence in here. I really feel his presence to want to help people and give you direction and show you how to recognize the enemy and know when and what to do in those moments. There are things worth fighting for, and you have to learn how to choose your battles correctly. You have to learn how to choose where to expend your time where to spend your time, where to give it, and give your energy. There's a lot of people who are wore out, God's people. There are a lot of God's children who are wore out because they are giving their energy, their thoughts, and giving into the devil provoking them, even life circumstances provoking them, even their own flesh provoking them. Not everything is of the devil. Sometimes God allows you to go through things to help develop you and grow you. But tonight we're talking about spiritual awareness and knowing what's valuable to you in your life. You are going to live for something or someone. Whether you want to or not, you're going to be involved in the battle for life or death. And until we recognize what are the main areas in my life I have to stand for, where where do I choose to use my energy? The biggest challenge right now is is that we have too many options, too many things, too many lists, a long list of things to do. And it's very hard sometimes to do everything and choose what's important, what's relevant, what needs to be done, prioritizing it. Sometimes you just have to stop and let one area suffer so you can put your attention on what really matters. I want you to grab a hold of that thought. It is okay to say no. It is okay not to respond. It is okay not to respond and allow someone to provoke you to say something. You have to know when to fight. You have to know when to respond. You have to know what's important, what's not. And what draws us down is the irrelevance of things that we think are important. Not everything is important. 
there are three avenues. There are three avenues, three things that are worth fighting for. And I wrote them down as, as I was in prayer. And this is for you here to understand. The first slide shows the three things. Your thoughts are worth fighting for. Your thoughts are worth fighting for. The second thing that is worth fighting for are relationships. Not every relationship, but the ones that you hold dear to your heart, like family, like your spouse. And the third thing worth fighting for is your purpose. Is your purpose. Please write these three things down. Take note so you can remember, jot them down. I don't care how you put them, where you put them. Memorize them because it's going to be very important for you when you understand that there's a reason why you're being pushed back. When you're overwhelmed by life, you're going to have to make a quick decision. What's important right now? When you feel like you're falling behind and you're not gaining ground and you feel like you've been stopped or you feel like you just can't make a move, um, your thoughts have to be gathered together. The scripture says that God said that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Paul wrote and said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity, everyone say every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ, which is the anointing in your life. The thought process that you and I have is so relevant to the anointing where God wants to work. If your thought process is off, then your actions and your decisions will be off as well. And when you're, let me give you the slide. Are you ready? Here's the next thought. So again, why thoughts, why relationships, and why purpose? You have to narrow it down. You have to narrow it down. Do you remember when Pastor Caleb stood up here and talked about mountain climbing last week and last Wednesday, and he said that you have to shed some weight in order to go up higher? And, and that's been a great series. Hasn't that, have you all enjoyed that series? <laughs> Pastor CJ and Caleb have been doing a great job, and, 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 and that makes sense. But you have to narrow it down and get into the routine. These are the three areas that I have focused on in my life, my personal life. Not everything is relevant, and whatever doesn't fall into these categories, you need to say it's okay to put them aside right now. And I'm going to explain this. So why? Because your thoughts will control your actions. And relationships, remember, the reason why they're important is because relationship is the only thing outside of God that are eternal. Relationships are the most valuable commodity to the kingdom of God because a soul is worth more than the world. Jesus said, what good is it to gain the whole world but to lose your what? Your soul. So he compared the worth of the world 
compared to your soul and said there is no comparison. Think about that for one moment. That's how valuable a soul is. And your loved ones are tied to yours. You have to know who to bring into your life. Not every person was meant to do life with you because you create soul ties. Like my wife and I, our souls are tied together. And so much, many times I can feel what she's feeling and not be around her. God will speak to her about me. God will talk to me about her. We'll be around each other and we'll pick up in what each other is thinking. Lots of times, and that's natural. That's not weird or anything. It should be natural because, remember, you are a human being having a spiritual experience. Your spirit man is really what's going to live on forever, not this carcass. This body will go back to dust. It does not have value like your soul does. So the people you bring into your life, your relationships, are priority. And purpose, the reason why your purpose is important is because that is God's will for you. God's will must be done. That is the word of God being fulfilled in your life. This is why you live this is why God gave you breath in your lungs. This is why you have the talents and the abilities. This is why you're able to solve certain problems. Not everybody can solve the same problems. If you really want to find out where your purpose is, are you ready? I'm going to give you a key, just a little nugget of wisdom to kind of help you find out what is my purpose. What problems are you good at solving? Another indication of what your purpose is, is what makes you angry. What irritates you? That's where your strengths lie. For example, if you were an electrician and you walked into a building, and, and some of you understand this if you're an electrician, and you saw a dog leg, half, I realize half of you do not know what I'm talking about, but electricians do. You saw a conduit that was bent and crooked, it would irritate you, and you would say, who in the world hired that guy? If you're a fashion designer and someone walks into this house with the wrong pair of shoes on, you have to hold your tongue. Yeah, women, now you're on. If you are a fashion designer, if you are a carpenter, if you are a builder, and you see a wall that isn't plumb, isn't straight, off-level, you're going to say to yourself, who did that? And you're going to want to fix it. Wherever area you're strong in or irritates you is where your gifts lie. You want to step up and do something about it. And the purpose that you have in your life, this is where the gifts of God flow through you because you're good at solving certain problems, relational problems, areas that pertain to people's giftings, you know how to get them there. One of the areas of my life that I know that God has gifted me in is how to help people fulfill their purpose in their life. I know how to get businesses started as well. I know how to market businesses. 
I love helping business people many times. So that's our passion. That's what we do. And that bloodline runs in my family. So we know what problems we're good at solving. We're also very keen on knowing the times and the seasons and feeling the hand of God tell us, don't go there, don't do this, this is not my will. For discernment. Your spiritual giftings will make known, make themselves known over time only through prayer. Only through prayer. So here's how they all tie in. Are you ready? The next slide says it like this. Write this down. Thoughts influence relationships and relationships determine your success. I just tied all of that together into one sentence. Thoughts influence relationships. What you think, how you think, will affect the people closest to you. If you're in a bad mood, and there's an argument between you and someone else, you're going to have to figure out right away, is it really me or is it them, based on how many people you have had problem with that day. The common denominator among that issue is you. You might be the one with the problem. And the problem stems from a broken down relationship with your heavenly father. Every time I have ever sat down and counseled with people, it wasn't a breakdown first between the individuals who I'm counseling with. It's always a breakdown between them and their creator first. Always. So when your relationship with God is right and you allow God to influence you, then the love of God will come out of you to share it with people around you. And that's how you create harmony in your home. The reason why this is so relevant for winning, for winning and fighting is because the enemy has learned to distract you, to fight and to fuss over things that don't matter. I want to speak very clearly to you tonight and help you understand this because if you get this down, I mean, I've said this many times, but this is a word from the Lord, I believe, for us and for you to understand the real problem lies in your relationship with God and then those that are closest to you. And if those are hurting, someone has been disconnected from God. Someone hasn't been praying. Someone hasn't been going to church. Someone hasn't been reading their Bible. Someone has lost their devotion. And when that occurs, then you'll start to see problems in every and any relationship. How many of you have heard the expression, 90% of the success in your life is based on who you marry? <laughs> Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> who you hang around with will either bring you up or bring you down. This is why you have to choose who you hang around with and who is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this in the most humble way, but I, I'm going to say it because you are valuable. And until you see yourself as valuable, you'll throw yourself away to anybody. But there are some people that aren't worthy of who you are. 
There are some people that you do not need in your life that aren't going to be in agreement with your values, especially living for God. And if you have no intent to see their life changed, then that tells me that you have your guard down and they're going to change you. Your relationships are very, very important. But it all begins with your thoughts. The first thing that occurs in the morning is you will feel what you dreamed about. You will feel what you dreamed about. I'm going to expand on this just for a moment. Can I break this down to you? Your thoughts will influence your relationships based on what you have dreamed about and meditated on for either a week or a day or a night. That's why a while back, do you remember me talking to you all and telling you how you manage your evenings and your mornings will determine how your day goes? Because your spirit man never goes to sleep. Your body does, but your spirit is constantly awake. And God never sleeps or slumbers. And guess what? And the devil never sleeps either. So guess what happens when you entertain yourself with negative thoughts and negative things and you go to bed that way? Who are you giving the advantage to? And then you wake up, sometimes you don't even realize you're in a bad mood because you dreamed a certain thought. And when you meet and see that person, you're like, I know I'm angry at you, but I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not telling the truth. I'm telling you right now, I am telling you the truth. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm going to tell on me. I'm, I, I just love being transparent with you because the rest of the world and all these other pastors and churches think that unless we prove ourselves to be perfect, that you're going to be perfect, but there is no such thing as a perfect person or a perfect pastor, and we have to stay humble, and we have to be vulnerable to him. And be honest so you'll know how to overcome every trial, every fight, every battle. Where do you think we get these ideas from? They're not just ideas. These are experiences. So my wife and I will wake up sometimes and say, I just had the most horrible dream. I'm going to tell a little story. When my wife and I started dating over 30 years ago, wow, 30 years ago, man, there was a little bitty moment in time where we broke up. It was the worst feeling ever in my life. It was because of me. <laughs> I didn't cheat. I was faithful. I was stupid. And she didn't put up with it. And she broke up with me. For years, even after we were married, that hurt lingered. And I've had dreams where hell would mess with me and, and give me a dream that my wife has left me. And I was by myself, and I'm crying for her. Don't leave. Baby, come back. <laughs> Baby, come back. <laughs> right? 
But anyways, little mop head, remember that? Just, and I, I, I didn't catch on to this until later on, and this is our early walk with God, and I'll wake up, and I'll get mad at my wife. Then I realize, hold on a minute. I dreamt a dream where my wife hurt me and left me, but that was my fault. That, that's just the devil messing with me. He, don't, he can't get me on those things anymore. I'm being honest with you to help you understand that you can still linger to on and hold on to feelings that aren't in your life anymore and hurts that don't need to be there and things and things, damages and scars and things that you will hold on to that you need to let go of and you need to just trust God and say, God, I know you have my every relationship covered. I know that my marriage and my relationships with my kids is, is protected, sanctified. That's why when I go to bed, I plead the blood and pray over my wife and my children and all of you. I pray for you every night and every morning and throughout the day. Some of you get phone calls from me. Some of you get voicemails from me just to let you know we're praying for you. You're covered in prayer. Why? Because our thoughts have to be lined up with love and security and being secure in him. And you have to know who you are. And you can't allow an other outside source like the devil to mess with your thinking. Don't allow your past to be a joystick in the hand of the devil. By controlling your thoughts and keeping the word of God in the center of your thought process, you will protect your spirit, and in turn, every relationship in your life will be right. <laughs> At least on your behalf. Why am I saying this? Write this down. Because the relationships in your life determine your successes and success breeds success. Success to me used to be money. It used to be when I, when I was unsaved. Now success to me means being in God's will. So here's where it matters. Are you ready? Write this down. What good is a ministry or a career or business when your family's falling apart. And the biggest problem, I hope you pray, Lord Jesus, let me say it in a way that's plain and simple. When you're doing good and you seem to be going and doing well and you seem to be gaining ground, this is where the devil gets into the minds or into your mind and starts affecting your relationships. And it's like all the plans that God had, it's not you. It's really other people sometimes that you never developed and trained with you. You can never outgrow the people in your life. You have to bring them with you. You can't take them certain places like Jesus. There are some places Jesus had to go on by himself. But every once in a while, he would ask them to come up to the prayer mountain with him. And then he would teach them how to pray. And then he would tell them, can you not pray with me for an hour? So at some point, he had to train them, and that's why he, they were called his disciples. But remember, 
at the end of his ministry, they turned on him. That was God's will, but he was never going to hinder. But in our lives, our families and our children, see, if the devil can't get to you, he'll try to get to your children. This is what I'm trying to tell you. When you grow in the purpose and the will of God, if you're right but you've not nurtured your relationship with your spouse, if he can't get to you, he'll try to get to your spouse. This is all stemming from the wrong or right thought process. That's why the word of God has to be the very center of your thought process because whatever you think, you'll begin to say. Whatever you say, you'll begin to do. And whatever you do will result in your deeds. You'll reap that. Spiritual warfare is nothing more many times than our own doing. Our own product of how we discipled our life and let the Spirit of God disciple us and how strong our relationships are around us. And until you get that right, God won't allow you to go too far because there's an inroad that will take you out. This is why when it comes down to prayer and our priorities, God comes first. Your mind and what you're thinking is so important. Your loved ones come first. Ministry is not second in life. Church is not second in life. I'm going to tell you, as much as I want to tell you church is, church isn't. Your relationship with God is number one. Your relationship with your family is number two. Your relationship and providing for your family, your jobs and your career is number three. And the fourth is ministry. But somewhere along the way, in your relationship with God, you and I both know we have to come to church. Right? We both know, we all know we have to come to church to nurture that relationship with God. But there are other times that we have to take a vacation and spend time with our family as well. Because we need to spend that time with our loved ones. That's understandable. But we stay away from church too long, then our spiritual lives suffer. But many times people put ministry second before family. And you'll hurt your family. That's why God comes first in my relationship. My family is next. And whatever I do for God, if I have a ministry, I involve my family with me and let them do life with me. Keep us together. Keep us together. And you have to provide for your family. It is part of your responsibility. I am not telling you put church last. Church is the anomaly that has to be within the equation that has to fit into every area. Don't reduce church to a category like you would reduce God, but God always comes first. God is everywhere, omnipotent, omnipresent. He should be in everything, right? But we prioritize our actions. And I promise you, here's how it works. Is this making sense to anybody? 
If you will pray and put God first, the desire to come into the house of God will be natural and the Spirit of God will draw you to be there and no one will have to force you to be there. As a result of that, your relationship with your family will go well because you've understood in your mind the right concept. You have a good, healthy perspective of what church really is and what God, that relationship with God really is. That's healthy for your thoughts. And result, every relationship in your life, they will not look at church as, oh my God, here we go again. I hate going to church. The reason why people hate going to church is because they have no relationship with the God of the church. The reason why most people are driven away from Christians is because their thinking isn't correct. They have the wrong perspective. They're religious. You have to love God. Here, let, me, let, me give you, let me give you this scripture really quick. Again, say it with me. Success breeds success. So if you'll focus on being successful in one area, in one of these three areas, it will overflow into everywhere else. If you focus on the one thing, it will create a domino effect and it will begin to affect every area of your life. Success breeds success. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also... For the, for the Greek, for in it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith to faith. It's perpetual. It grows. It should be elevating you. And in your thought process, if your thought process isn't building your faith, you have to evaluate it with the only faith builder I know. This and prayer. That's why Jude wrote, praying in your most holiest faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit every day will build your faith. Having the Word of God will maintain that prayer moment because your thoughts have to be aligned with your prayer language. I'm speaking to spirit-filled individuals right now. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Your thought process and your prayer language have to be together. And when that is together, you have a proper perspective and your faith begins to grow. And as your faith begins to grow in Christ, you're not ashamed of church. You're not ashamed of living for Him. You're not ashamed of doing right. You're not ashamed of anything. And you love your family and know it doesn't matter what other guys think. It doesn't matter what other wives think. It doesn't matter what anybody else think. Because in your mind, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God because he's been so good to us. And you take a stand. You learn to take a stand in a perverted world where everyone is afraid to be politically incorrect or correct. It doesn't matter what the culture is doing. All that matters is, is that you have a healthy perspective in knowing who God is, 
and your loved ones around you and every relationship is healthy because at the end of the day, you're going to take them to heaven with you, not an idea or a culture or a trend. And in order to stay saved, here it is, in order to stay saved, you heard me right, stay saved. Because some people think that the grace of God can be perverted and they can, it's going to sound religious, but it's Bible, I promise you. In the 90s, the church adopted a new doctrine and so many books were written about the grace of God, it was off. And the concept was that once you're saved, you are always saved. And I believe the blood is that powerful. But every day you and I, according to the scripture, have a choice to make. Whether or not we're going to live for God and serve him or we're going to sin and do wrong. And either way, it's your choice. But see, the grace of God isn't the mercy of God. God's mercy is what allows us to stop and gives us the right, but the power to turn is grace. Grace is the spirit of God in your life to will and to do of his good pleasure that gives you the desire to do the right thing. It's called righteousness. That's why grace is called the unmerited favor of God. Favor comes into your life as substance. The ability to choose what's right instead of what's wrong. And the scripture says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, this is what churches don't want to talk about. But I've got to tell you the truth and tell you that you and I have a choice every day. And it's not once saved, always saved and live like a devil. I mean, how many of you think that you can come to church and, and, and praise God and bless God, then step out of here and get wasted and go out there and cuss everybody out and go and glorify. God doesn't get glory through that kind of a life, but God gets glory through the kind of life that serves him, that worships him, that makes right decisions. It's not by our works we're saved, but it's by the grace of God because it's by the grace that empowers us to make the right decision. Not by works, but faith without works is dead, right? But you got to understand that serving God with your purpose keeps you saved and safe. Whatever is in your hands will always grab a hold of your heart. I've heard preachers say throughout the years, and I didn't understand it until I started serving. And I've heard them say, if you want to stay saved and keep your family right, serve in the church. Serve. Somehow, somehow get the work of God in your hand. Because whatever you keep yourself occupied with, it's going to be your whatever keeps you busy. And that's why Jesus told his mother, earthly mother, when she said, where were you? We looked all over for you. And at the age of 12, he responded to her and said, don't you know I must be about my father's business? He kept himself busy with the will of God. That is one of the only reasons, one of the only reasons he was able to keep his mind on his calling and he knew who he was. He was the son of God. 
That's why the devil tried to tempt him those 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness with the question, if you are the son of God, then can you do this? Hell will challenge you in your identity. But this is why, again, your thoughts are worth fighting for. You have to make up in your mind that your thoughts are going to be harnessed with the word of God. And it doesn't matter who makes fun of you. It doesn't matter what shows you're not able to keep up with. (laughs) Isn't this strange? We're living in a different time and a different place right now in our time. We are filled with so much knowledge. I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping up with TV programs or episodes. But I think it's wrong when those things can draw you away from your devotion with God. Because then, are you ready? We're not playing checkers tonight. We're playing chess. Then it becomes an idol. Whatever stands between you and God becomes an idol and takes you away from God. That's why this book, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never, ever pass away. That means it's eternal. Not the scripture writings itself, but the words that are given through inspiration that are vocalized and to live by that can grab a hold of your mind because eternal words save an eternal soul. The only thing that can feed your eternal soul is an eternal God and his words. Spirit and truth. You want to know why? Some people are facing a battle and they're not winning. It's because one of these three areas have not been discipled. And there's no discipline there. Consistent thoughts that are in alignment with God's word. Consistent prayer, which is building a relationship with God. And consistent serving, which is doing the will of God with their purpose. Point number two, and I'm trying to hurry. Is this okay with you tonight? You're quiet, but it's, I know it's hard to talk when you got food in your mouth, right? That's how I look at it. Point number two, your relationship with God, with Jesus, will determine the outcome of your entire life. The relationship that you have with Jesus will determine the outcome of your entire life. It will. If your relationship isn't there, every area in your life will suffer. Every relationship, especially those that are closest to you. If hell is fighting you in your marriage or your relationships with your father, your mother, whoever, it doesn't matter. Pick an aunt, uncle, whoever. It's because somebody hasn't decided to be the bigger person and love and forgive. No one falls out of love, they fall out of forgiveness. Let me say that again. No one falls out of love, they fall out of forgiveness. And when you can't forgive, that means you do not have the strength and you lost the joy of your salvation and you forgot that you were forgiven. Thank you, man. That was good, wasn't it? I don't know. I just sometimes it just, ah, my thoughts are right. That's why. 
relationships. You will never fulfill the will of God for your life if your thoughts, relationships, and you've not kept yourself occupied with purpose. Let me give you the reason why Jesus was able to walk in this earth without sin. Are you ready? Matthew 22, this is the last scripture. I'm going to show you a diagram, and then we're going to go forward. But look at this right here, Matthew 22. Haley, you can come up, sweetheart, but don't play yet. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, just as Jesus, they met together to question him again. So they counseled together, and they started to, they had their little huddle, and they said, we're going to catch him this time. And one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. He said, we got him. Teacher, can you imagine? Oh, teacher. Yeah, all fancy. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, with all your heart, what does that mean? With your affections. Write that down. Heart means affection, your desires. You have to set your affections on him. We are desire-driven people, and the only way to get your desires fixed is to replace your old desires with new desires. I was at Lowe's the other day buying some wood for another coop. <laughs> and a guy walks up to me, and he says, hey, what does fasting do? He said, I, I know who you are, and I just want to ask you. I was kind of caught off guard. I said, well, fasting, I said, it decreases the old desires in your life, but it doesn't do you any good if you're not praying and reading your Bible because that's what creates the new desires. And the only way to get rid of an old desire is to replace it with a new one. So when you say and refer to the heart, it's the desires of your heart. That's why most people have problems in their life because everything they do is stems from the heart. And from the abundant of the heart, the mouth what? And the reason why you hear people praying in tongues is not because of anything else except God took total control what they had no control of. Because their tongue is connected to their heart. And that's another whole series. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. That means your emotions. Your soul means emotions. Write that down. Your soul means emotions. And your mind, and all of your mind. Did it say some of your mind, a quarter of your mind? It said all of your mind. That tells me that you have to put God into every category of your life. You have to include him and every one of your purposes, and it can't be your idea, then you pray God enter into your idea. It has to be, God, I'm going to step into your idea. Help me follow you. Because many times what we'll do, we'll go ahead and pray and move on something with no permission from God. Then we'll say, God, come and join me. God said, I'm not going to join you. You come join me. You can't make God step into your boat. He has to want to step in on his own. But if you ever see Jesus with his disciples, join himself to them after a night of fishing with no results. They were off timing. 
else. He wanted to be there to help them, but they went there before him. But if they would have waited on Jesus, they would have been with all without all that frustration. See, following the will of God and knowing the timing and the, and the place of God is so important in our lives. I can see you moving around so much. I'm, I'm almost done. Here we go. And this is the, the first and the greatest commandment. Second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Simple. Simple. So let me show you this diagram really quickly. Let me show you how this works. God gave me this, and I thought it was so awesome, so genius. The three areas of your life, your t the top part in the purple is your thoughts. The green is your relationships, and the red is purpose. Recognize that each one of these cross over to each other. But what makes them relevant in how they work together is when Jesus is in the center of your life. And so when Jesus is there, recognize what connects thoughts with relationship is love. So when you deal with relationships, because you put Jesus in the center, the Spirit of God is able to work through you, and now you're dealing with people in your life with love. And that's what keeps a healthy relationship. Notice that between purpose and relationships is favor because your purpose is never void of people. Your purpose is never void of people. Even in your business, if you want to start a business, somebody's going to have to pay you to solve a problem, right? Somebody, everyone say somebody, a real person has to be sent to your store in order for your store to prosper. But when you put Jesus in the center, we call it favor, where people are attracted to you, where people see your value, where people are drawn to you through relationships, and they come and they bless you. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Where is, a, where is the church tonight? Am I in the right place? There's the cross. Now, what's this? Most people don't know how to fulfill their purpose because they don't have wisdom. So when Jesus is in the center of your life, your thoughts is linked to your purpose through wisdom. The know-how. I don't know how to do it, God. I have this. I know you spoke to me, but I don't know how. Well, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with him. Stop asking him how and figure out why. And by going to him, he'll give you the wisdom to know what to do. The what is in the why. Do you see the connection? Write that down real quick. Take a picture. Go ahead. Yeah. Take a picture. <laughs> but see how they all link together? But take Jesus out of the equation, and what you got is a mess. What you have is confusion. 
What you have is someone taking the wrong steps where they mess up everything. What you have is right here is that their thoughts aren't lined up. There's no love, and they argue all the time. What you have right there is that people live frustrated because they have no one supporting their vision and drive. And that's where the battle is. The battle is in three, three areas. But if you'll learn how to just not allow everything to take your energy and cause you to get sidetracked on what's not important and put the main thing in the middle of your life, which is Jesus Christ and your loved ones around you and his purpose and your will, his will in your life, you're going to find out that things are going to begin to click, things are going to begin to work, and things begin to happen. Why? Because you've learned the secret. There are some things worth fighting for, and these are them. That's what you fight for. Choose your battles wisely. Stop fighting battles that don't belong to you. Stop allowing yourself to do things that God never asked you to do. Go ahead, sweetheart. I want you to stand to your feet here this Wednesday evening. It's 8.36. Did I do okay? Time-wise? All right. Okay, good. Good. Got to be obedient. Got to follow the bosses. How many of you got what I was throwing down here tonight? What well, wasn't? I'm gonna tell you if you can if you can grab a hold of this and practice it. Don't don't let it pass you over and write it down and go over it and 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 understand that. That God cares about your life and you're here for a reason. You're here to grow and we're here to help you. You know, we, there are times for us to, to have fun and shout and, and follow after the spirit and fall out and those things. But if that's all you ever got, then you're never going to grow. You're never going to develop. You're never going to mature. And that's what we got in the world today. We got nothing but emotion and hype with no discipleship. But we need all of it. There's a time for everything under the seas and under the heavens. But God makes everything beautiful in his timing. If you're going through the battle right now and facing a tough season, don't let it pass you up. Steward it well. Give yourself to God. Get your thoughts right. Get your relationship with him right. And serve him in every way you can, in any way you can, where you strive the best. And love people. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for direction. Here's how you allow wisdom into your life. It's when you learn how to walk by permission. I love staying in my room, praying, until I feel God tell me, now you can go do this. Go do that. I want you to call this person. I want you to text them. I want you to do this. I get more done when I follow his direction. More doors are opening up. You see, it is hard to push somebody when they're on their knees and catch you off balance. It's hard. And you're in a position in your life when you're constantly ready. And you're hearing the voice of God because you spent time with God. See, Jesus was a man of few words, but when he opened up his mouth, it was powerful. You remember when they came to him in the Garden of Gethsemane? And, 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 and they asked him, we're looking for the Christ. He said, I am he. And they just, Phew. powerful. 
I would have loved to sit down on that side of a hill to listen to what he was saying. Even though I can read it here, I would have loved to felt the anointing and the atmosphere and the attention that the Spirit of God demanded from every word that came out of his mouth. Because people who walk with an anointing have substance. They have something from the Father. You're a vessel. God has a plan for you. God is allowing you to take a U-turn right now in your life. That's what's going on. God is allowing you to take a U-turn, but you have to trust in His mercy and in His grace. And you have to allow yourself to be able to turn around by forgiving yourself and admitting, I was wrong. I am wrong. Lord, touch my thinking. Let's pray this right now. Father, lift your voice. Lift your hands. Just surrender to him. And I'm going to pray right now that the, that the burdens that have been on you and that the battles that you've been facing, the spirit that are behind, the spirits that are behind these, these little things that are taking you away from God's will, that we're going to pray they stop tonight. And I'm going to pray this right now. Will you receive it and be in agreement with me? If you're watching us online, we're praying right now that Jesus would touch you right where you're at. Father, in the name of Jesus here tonight, God, I pray right now that your anointing would flow from the front to the back, that you would begin to just lift every burden and every thought from anyone's mind, any thought that didn't come from you, any emotion that wasn't placed there by you, anything, dear God, in the people's hearts that you didn't sow, rocks that were put in their well to stop up the flow, remove them tonight, right now in their life. Somebody say, get out. Come on, somebody say, get out. Thoughts, get out. Spirit, get away. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I tell you, and I say here tonight, say tonight, I surrender my thoughts. I put Jesus first. I will love my neighbor as myself. And I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, all of my desire, all of my soul, all of my emotion, and all of my thoughts in Jesus' name. And the devil can't stop me from fulfilling the will of God in my life because greater is he that is inside of me than him that's in the world and I celebrate tonight in Jesus name now somebody lift up your hands and give God some praise 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.